NASDAQ is making new lows here as we come back from the break, and we're down about 1.3%. So some additional pressure on top of what we've already seen so far. And this is all going into the reports. Let's talk some more about what to expect. You can't prepare too much for Alphabet, Apple, and the big ones. Hugh Roberts is back with us, head of analytics at Quant Insight. Hugh, welcome back to the show. Good to see you again. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay, so let's start by kind of setting the stage of what's already happened. These stocks have been under pressure, uh, but some of the charts look a little bit better than others, even within the context of this bear market downtrend. Where do valuations stand right now? Let's start there. Are these cheap companies now? Are they expensive? Are they average? So I think I'd start by echoing the point you made um, just before the advert break, which is that this group of companies tend to get lumped together as kind of one homogenous unit, and you can't do that. Um, and also remember, Quant Insight, what we do is we look uniquely at the macro environment from a quantitative perspective. So your last two guests, you know, they will talk about the bottom-up um, perspective and company fundamentals, or they'll put an option skew for the best way to express it. Our uh, unique selling point is the fact that we look at financial conditions, economic fundamentals, risk appetites, and then look at all companies like the big tech names from that macro perspective. And at the moment, Meta is the one that's been beaten up most. It is slightly cheap uh, relative to the macro environment. Uh, most of the other big names are bang in line. So Google, Microsoft, Netflix, Apple, all pretty much are behaving as you'd expect them to, given the macro environment. And then Amazon is the outlier on the other end, where actually it looks slightly rich given prevailing macro conditions at the moment. So that's the starting point from a macro valuation perspective. Okay, uh, so Meta kind of being the most punished here, and then um, uh, uh, Amazon on kind of the other end of it where that stock has uh, bounced a little bit more than the others. So Amazon looks rich relative to, to macro, to, to put it your way. Uh, uh, just kind of elaborate, so that's kind of compared to the group as a whole, or just kind of the economic backdrop here? Just uh, the latter, relative to the um, economic backdrop. So what our models do is they take, what's the market expecting from the Fed um, in terms of rate hikes and in terms of balance sheet normalization? Uh, what are credit spreads doing? How's the strength of the dollar playing out? Um, what about commodity markets? What impact are they having? What's the level of the VIX doing in terms of its impact, either at the single stock level or the index level? And then we just look at each individual stock price relative to prevailing macro conditions. Yeah. So what we can say at the moment is that, that Meta has been um, uh, is slightly cheap relative to macro conditions. Whereas if you look at Amazon, that has actually lagged a little bit um, in terms of it's, it's remained resilient to the upside. If we get a fresh deterioration, so think of it this way maybe, if you believe that Thursday's GDP print will be negative and we get a second negative quarter and people start talking about a technical recession, or if you believe the Fed this week are either going to deliver 75 but sound hawkish or even surprise us with 100 bits, if you think that we're going to get a deterioration in the macro environment, then amongst the big tech names, Apple is the one that, sorry, I beg your pardon, Amazon is the one that looks most vulnerable mm -hmm. because it starts this week on a rich valuation relative to prevailing macro conditions. 
Very interesting. Okay, uh, I want to go back to this graphic we've got from you that um, seems like magic, uh, and it's pretty cool. Uh, and uh, I want you to walk through kind of how you get to some of these. There's a lot of different factors uh, that uh, you uh, include that sum up to the total move in these companies where each of these colored bars represents some factor that's had an impact on the stock. Starting from the left, the yellow central bank quantitative tightening expectations. Uh, to the right of it, those rate expectations the big red bar there reflects corporate credit. Uh, the blue kind of in the middle to the right represents Eurozone confidence. Uh, and you even take it down to uh, commodity impacts to a certain point. How do you get so granular? So this is what we do, basically. So we, um, first of all, I guess the background is that we've all traded macro for 20 years plus at various um, blue chip uh, buy side and sell side institutions. So we're used to looking at the macro variables and trading them. Um, so what we've done is we've built um, an algorithm that uses um, a machine learning process that basically, having identified all the macro variables that you've just gone through, acknowledges that at any point in the cycle, an individual stock could be a macro play, or it could be a micro play. You know, when it's about um, company fundamentals, you can ignore this macro stuff that's going on. But we produce a model confidence number that tells us when an instrument is being driven by these macro factors that you're showing here, and when it's not. And right here, all of these stocks, with the exception of Amazon, are in macro regimes. Macro factors are driving price action. And then what we do is once we've identified the factor set that includes all these factors here, we can capture via the math the hard relationship between the stock price and what the individual factor is doing. And that gives us a sensitivity. So the main takeaway when you look at that chart is that Meta is the stock amongst these tech names that has the greatest sensitivity to credit spreads. Mm. So if, for example, you're sitting here and you're going through all the minutiae of company earnings and company results, but you're also worried that one of the big risks for the second half of the year is that we're going to see credit spreads rewiden. This kind of uh, spread narrowing we've seen in the last kind of two weeks or so is just a pause that refreshes. Default rates are going to rise in a recessionary environment. I'm worried about credit spreads as a, a tail risk. Then amongst big tech, Meta on current patterns is the tech name that is most sensitive to credit spreads, most reliant on credit spreads t being tight. Whereas if you look at something like Apple, that's much more sensitive to real yields. So what the QI framework does is it's a cheat sheet, basically. You're so busy looking at company fundamentals, macro is kind of hard to understand. It's talking heads giving different opinions. What we can do is give you a framework that says, it's okay to be long Apple, but you need to be aware of real yields. Mm. It's okay to buy Meta on the dip, but then you need to have a strong view on credit spreads. And this is the kind of macro perspective that we provide. I love that. Uh, very, very cool. And uh, it does seem to uh, you know, offer a good explanation for some of the outperformance in the last year, namely uh, from Apple and its um, uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, separation from the pack in that it is not, according to your analysis, tied as closely to central bank actions um, and rate expectations. And if that's been the main source of volatility in the market, then it's uh, uh, sh shallower, looser ties to that would explain its outperformance. Uh, 
obviously then it would make sense then that uh, China plays the biggest role for Apple among the companies. If we look at that spectrum again, uh, the China section, which is kind of this dark green in the middle, is the biggest chunk for Apple. We know that's a really important part of their business. So I guess then the company here that you might argue trades most um, to its specific company fundamentals maybe is Apple then, since it has the least ties to macro. So maybe then uh, the one here that uh, has the most potential to have volatility on earnings. Would that be a decent logic uh, we could apply? Yeah, I mean, we also have a model confidence number that tells you how good a job we're doing, of, or macro is doing, of explaining price action. Um, and in the case of Apple, that number is high. Um, you know, the Apple model confidence number at the moment is 67%. So macro factors are doing a good job of explaining some of the price action. But obviously, there's a 33% residual, a third, which is not explained by macro. And that would be your point exactly. That would be company fundamentals. It could be stress in China, whether it's you know the COVID-related lockdowns or you know the uh, the slowdown in conditions there related to the property squeeze. So yeah, I mean, I would love to give you a kind of um, a beautiful one-line answer, but you know, markets are messy. That's the reality. At any point in time, a stock will be a function of the micro play, company fundamentals, and the macro play. And the problem we think with the market at the moment is everyone focuses pretty much exclusively on the micro. They're used to looking bottom up at company fundamentals. And that's vitally important and cannot be ignored. But equally, you cannot ignore the macro. And that's where we come in and hopefully try and make it as easy as possible. I mean, you've just seen that chart yourself for the first time. And you've quickly, in 30 seconds, given a brilliant overview of China exposure, Fed exposure, in a matter of seconds. So that's what yeah, we're about. Very cool. All right. Love it, uh, Hugh. Thanks for the uh, updates. Looking forward to keeping track of these models. Uh, uh, very cool and uh, helpful for traders, too, to try and figure out uh, you know, what you're getting exposure to and, and how to trade it. Uh, thanks a lot. Hugh Roberts is the head of analytics at Quant Insight. All right. I uh, like that uh, breakdown of what moves what.